Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hey, we got some new brighter lights in here, which means I cannot see most of you. So I'm trusting that you're there. Thanks for being there, I think. Well, yeah, you can see me. That's, that is good. Well, hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward and give an offering together. Uh, just before we do that real quick, though, uh, how many of you uh, like free stuff? Anybody? Hey, we got a few of these shirts left over in a medium. So you got to be a medium for this freedom. But we got three of them. Who, who, wants, who wants one of these? All right. We'll get, eh, there's one. Oh, this is almost like a T-shirt cannon. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have one more too. <laughs> Damn, I want to give you one. I have one more. Oh, I have one more left. We got a bonus. We got a bonus. I got a medium. Let's see, this one. Yeah, this one's also a medium. 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 Here you go. All right. Nice. All right, so now. Uh, we're going to do an offering together. Um, if you guys would pray with me for that, that'd be great. God, I want to pray today for the releasing of creative giftings in this place. That there would be a releasing and an increase in creative giftings. That uh, you are the artist and we've been made in your image. And every single one of us in this room is... Uh, meant to, to create art for, for your plan, your world, your, your kingdom. So we just pray that you would uh, receive this offering from us and you would, you would use it to, to fulfill your purposes. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, with that in mind, hey, how many of you... Have ever has anybody ever said to you, you know, you're a real piece of work? Yeah. Um, you are. You actually are. Um, you really are a real piece of work. Um, you have been created by a master worker, and what he says about you is that you're a real piece of work. Something really cool that that I love seeing more and more of now. Uh, are, there are a lot more little pop-up shops and farmers markets and things like that that go on now with creative people, uh, you know, making different wares and things that they can sell, um, providing interesting services or making different types of food and just the, I think the the like the coolness level of the world has gone up in certain areas, right? Like, the, it, definitely the coolness level of the world has gone down in certain areas, too. But there's cool things that happen, even in uh, Cincinnati, even in Cheviot. There's cool stuff happening. There's maker fairs, and there's handmade this or that. There's artisans. That word artisan is showing up all over the place. The word bespoke. I don't, I'm, this one, I'm not ready for this one all the way. Bespoke. You're going to see it on everything, I promise. But artisan, that 
thing that's made with care. It's not made by machines or robots or anything. This is uh, something that someone put special time and work into. How many of you have ever grown a, a tomato from a seed and you eat that tomato and how good is it? It is the most incredible tomato because you have, man, you worked on that tomato. It's not just one that you went and got for 99 cents. Maybe they taste similar even, but this one, man, you put your your time into. It, It was an artisan tomato all of a sudden. And so you'll go to places and they have artisan bacon. And it's about $10 for eight ounces. You're like, wait a second, usually I get a pound. This is $20 a pound. Or they have artisan bread that is, how much do you think, like five or six dollars a loaf? Twelve to fourteen dollars for some of these things, which, and then I'm such a sucker, I'm like, well, it's got to be worth it. You are a real piece of work. Ephesians chapter two, it says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That God prepared these things in advance for you to do. One of the things that's... that's, uh, a, A famous verse in Jeremiah 29 is that... It says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future, that you were hoped into existence, you were believed into existence by God himself, that he spoke you into existence, and he didn't just speak you into existence, and, and it, you weren't the role of di- like the role of dice. You were calculated, you were planned, you were drawn up. And so it says that you are God's handiwork, and you were made to do certain things specifically. I believe that many of us have not found many, many, many of the things that we were made to do yet. And you hear the stories about people who after retirement, suddenly, all of a sudden, they tried something new because they didn't have, they didn't have to do that same thing they did for, for 50 years And they try something new and all of a sudden they come alive because this thing that they were created to do was activated all of a sudden. Some of us are walking in giftings, but we maybe aren't in them entirely. Maybe we're at 30% of our gifting and we haven't really tapped into the whole thing yet. God has created all of us to be artists. Now, I'm definitely one of the people who, you know, I will... I can have good, strong conversations with manly men who are like grease monkeys, as they would say, that uh, know how, just gruff, gritty. I can hang with them with the conversation. But also, they show up at my house, maybe to pick something up, and I'm coloring. <laughs> They're like, what are, you, what are you doing? Nothing. And so I definitely lean way on the side of creative things, and I've just always loved uh, making things, uh, inventing things, modifying things, just trying different things. We've all been made in that way, 
at least some. Some people say, oh no, I, I don't, I'm not handy. Neither was I. YouTube, youtube.com. It taught me to be handy and how to make some things that were in my head. But all of us have been created as artists. It's been said that all of us are artists when we're kids. But how many of us had it stamped out of us somehow that that artist part of you, that maybe you were embarrassed by something, maybe you were afraid that, um, you know, this thing... This, ain't, this isn't good. I'm not good at this right away. And there are other people that are better at it. And so I'm not an artist. I'm not good at that. Man, art is pretty subjective. How many of you in this room are afraid that you think about the thought of dipping the brush into paint and going over to the new white canvas that's all set up and anxiety starts to go... and you cannot bring yourself to put paint to canvas because you don't want to screw it up, right? Not only do you not want to screw it up, but you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want somebody to see your work that is not good. You You don't want to fail at all. But artists fail. Artists take risks. We've been made this way in the image and likeness of God. A lot of us think that artists kind of are produced from certain places, that cities like L.A. and Portland, uh, they're, they're kind of the epicenter of, of creative minds that are kind of in these places. But, and, of course, there are, there are more artists in Los Angeles and New York than any other cities in the world. Um, And so you would think that, well, L.A. must produce artists or New York must produce artists, but it's not that. The artists are coming from Michigan, they're coming from Oklahoma, they're coming from Cincinnati, and they're going into these places because they're not actually from there, they're just gathering where there are others like them, same neighborhoods that y'all are from. You know one of the top... uh, the, the top Twitch streamers right now, um, if you're into that kind of stuff, is from right down the road from here in Cincinnati, Ohio. That, uh, and, and I can't recommend him or not. I don't know if he's a good guy or not. Um, he's from Cincinnati, so I'm going to give him kind of some. Come on. But he's got millions, millions of followers, and he's from right here in Cincinnati. It's just crazy. For some of us, maybe we have a passion for something. We already kind of know this creative thing that's been wired into us, or we know some of them. Uh, And you have a passion for something, and maybe you wonder why God hasn't made it happen in your life in a bigger way. That, well, I have a passion for, uh, you know what I've heard multiple times is uh, for a, a, a pet ministry of some kind that but I've heard multiple different variations that some of it, it's an idea that you would go and you would minister to pets. That, that has come up multiple times. I don't know what the implications of that are. I don't know, but it's a non-salvational issue. Am I going to let people pray for a golden retriever? You're daggone right. But what happens is people don't end up pulling the trigger. And I think it's because you're afraid to put the paint to the canvas 
But if you have that passion for something, why hasn't God let it happen in your life? Sometimes it's because you're too afraid to let him run. And sometimes it's because somebody else is supposed to do that thing. And you're maybe called to support or to celebrate their talent. How many of you in the room are good at celebrating other people's victories? Celebrate other people's victories. Man, there's not a lot of people that do that for you. Having somebody like you in our lives is is huge. Where you can celebrate somebody else's greatness. Celebrate their beauty. Celebrate their fortune. Celebrate their relationship with God or relationship with their spouse. Celebrate the things that they have. Sometimes... uh, Sometimes artists are just called to admire the the art of other artists. One of the things about art, though, is that it is always expressive of someone's soul. And so whatever type of thing you're creating or doing, music or painting or, uh, you know, art is is not just, and I don't want to get locked into that idea of what art is. Uh, Kevin Horgan, he's in here somewhere. Um, I love Kevin. He is... He's an artist in a ridiculous way. We prayed before the service. Uh, Every week we pray before the service to just try to invite God to come and do something powerful during this time where we're together. And Kevin, one of the things that he is just, you know, it could be a serious thing. Everybody's praying, yes, Lord, we just, we come to you solemnly, Lord, asking that you would please. And when Kevin jumps in, he says, yeah, hey, God. Well, in honor of college football being back, uh, defenders, like receivers, there's fumbles involved in this prayer, like, and I'm just giggling the whole time, but it gives us a new picture of the way that God works, it gives us uh, the ability to laugh together, the ability to enjoy the kingdom of God together, and not be in this, this place of going, oh, we're just good boys and girls, and it is... It's an artistic expression that he's, he's been wired with. Because he's, he's a real piece of work. He's a piece of God's handiwork. Why is he the way that he is? He's just been made that way. And one of the things I love about him is that he has this thing in him where he wants to call out the gold in people. And so uh, part of that 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 mission, that artistic expression is being able to see somebody not as the rest of the world sees them, but the way that God sees them and to try to pick out the gold in them and to call it out. Whenever there's art being made, it has to do with who's making it. And so there's always going to be, you know, your personality in it, your uh, something about the way that you think or believe or feel, it's going to have, you know, it's, it's going to be able to be traced back to you. So if Jesus is an artist and there's these fingerprints of whoever the artist is on their work, what kind of things do you think Jesus would create? What kind of art would he make? What would he, what would he put out into the world? In John chapter 2, it says this. Here's something that Jesus made. 
says Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, I just, I want to start saying this to my mom. Woman, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. It's not time yet. See, this would be the first miracle that Jesus would would do in his public ministry. He hasn't, he hasn't let the cat out of the bag yet that he's the son of God. And so it, it hasn't been ready. It's been 30 something years in the making and he's not quite ready for it. Prophecies have to come together, all these things. And he's like, it's not quite my time yet to reveal it because once we reveal it, trouble can start, right? Once Jesus started doing miracles, that's when the trouble showed up. Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I love that she doesn't even answer Jesus. Like he's like, woman, no, I'm not. This is not going to end. This isn't a good idea. And she, do do whatever my son says. Mom, just leave me alone. It's not time for me to do it yet. This is going to maybe set things off into a certain direction. It says, do whatever he tells you. I'm his mom. He's going to do whatever I ask him to do. He's going to do what you ask him to do. It says in verse 6, nearby there stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He then called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Anybody ever try any of that Jesus vintage? (laughs) It says, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. This is uh, one of those strange stories because it... It seems kind of weird that this is a miracle. What about the recovery community and drinking? What about, um, you know, why is this? Did this help people? Was it actually something that helped people or healed people or solved something that was of, of real meaning? Like, aren't there bigger fish to fry for your first miracle, for your first way of you know, wouldn't this be even a, a rough way to come onto the scene? And so if you're expecting haters to show up, they sure are going to if this is your first thing. But we learn this thing about Jesus is that it's not always, um, it's not always the thing that you think it's going to be or the way that you think it needs to be. In 
In John chapter 9, it says Jesus heals a man that was born blind. It says, as he went along, he saw a man that was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? And so who did this? And maybe some of you have felt, I know I felt that way when I was a kid sometimes. I'm like, man, what did, I don't think I did anything to deserve this. What did my parents do for me to deserve this? Anybody else? Man, what, what the, in a previous life I must have been like, man, something rough. Just those kind of ideas. So who, who sinned? That This guy is blind. Who sinned? Uh, this man or his parents? I love also that like, they're asking this right in front of this blind guy. He wasn't born deaf. Like, he's like, I'm right here. I, my hearing is like excellent. Who sinned? Was it this guy or his parents? His mom? His mom did? Verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground and made some mud with the saliva and then put it on the man's eyes. I mean, that's what a lot of times I like to just try to do is to slow down and not read through real quick and try to imagine and go like, huh? Like, uh, it's a good thing he's blind because like if if he can see a little bit, he can dodge that stuff, I bet. (laughs) Made some mud with the saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. The word Siloam means scent. And so the man went and he washed. And it says, and then he came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. That guy was blind. This one could see. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and he put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and then I could see. I went and I washed and then I could see. Man, this is a weird one, isn't it? Because some of the, some of the ways that Jesus shows up are not the ways that you would expect him to. And for some of us, I would imagine that, you know, if, like, if you, are you, would you like, would you allow somebody else to spit in your eye if they said it'll probably heal something in it? Yeah, go ahead, give it a shot. The material that God is using to work with, the art, the, 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 the paint that he's going to use for this canvas is spit and mud. And he takes that dirt and he mixes it together and he wipes it on the man's eyes. The man says, yes, but I... the thing that I see about this story, though, is that here's that, here's that, scary, that scary moment in the story for me 
is he, he already does the, the, the very strange thing of spitting in the dirt, making mud, wiping it into his eyes, and then he says he, it doesn't heal him right away. He doesn't wipe it off and he can see. He covers his eyes with this mud that he made from spit, and he says, now go and wash. Go somewhere else. Go do another thing so that you'll be healed. Go to the pool of Siloam. That walk, that having the, the mud on your eyes, that is where those, those voices of doubt come in, right? Of, man, what if this doesn't work? Did he just do this to humiliate me in front of people? Like, is he, because I'm, kind of, I'm kind of throwing myself out there all the way. Everybody can see this. It's hard out here for the blind already. He's not, now, he doesn't walk him to the place. He tells him to go. The guy's got mud on his eyes. He doesn't hold his hand and walk him to the place. He doesn't even invite one of his disciples to go with him or take him there. Bartholomew. I mean, what has Bartholomew ever even done? Can't Bartholomew do it? He's probably not busy. Have you ever felt like you trusted God and then he humiliated you? Like that you were believing God for something um, and you told people about it and... Uh, you had faith that was on fire for a little bit, but then it just didn't happen. It didn't work out. And now you're gun shy because you got humiliated. Because it, the thing that you, you thought you and God had this thing going on, but then he let you down in some way. That happens with a lot of people. That walk from the pool, that walk from the, the mud to the pool is, uh, man, it's uncertain. What Jesus is doing in this story, I think, though, is saying, I want to show you what I can do with the least valuable ingredients in the world. The least valuable ingredients in the world. And it's the same thing that God did with us in the beginning. That It says he created, created us from the dust. And that he blew the breath of life into us. But that he, cre- he makes us from dirt. You are a piece of work. Because you have been formed by dirt, you have been spit into, you have been molded. Because when you're you're made into that Jesus mud, you are able to become pliable. You're able to become workable and made into something that he can use. Even though it's the least valuable ingredients in the world. He makes you. He makes the most valuable thing in the world. And so if he uses the least valuable ingredients in the world to, to make you, imagine what he could make from you. Like the things that, that least valuable stuff ever, most basic stuff ever, created you. Full of creativity, an artist at your core, wired with incredible uniqueness, What I want to do is just end this in prayer. The, the idea for today, the thing that was on my heart, is just to be praying for a release of creative giftings. Praying for a release of creative giftings and an increase in creative giftings with people. I was gifted um, things that I didn't expect to get from Jesus. Things that 
you know, that they wouldn't have been a part of my personality growing up. Um, I was horrified to speak in front of anyone in a classroom setting at school, terrified of that idea. And God gives me a different gift all of a sudden later, a different way of, you know, I get to I get to be up here and, and try to try to make up strange metaphors about Jesus for you. Amen. And I love it. <laughs> and creative giftings where, you know, there there are some of you who you close your eyes and you're able to picture things that God wants for you or for other people or for our church or that you're given these visions. And it's that artistic expression in you, it's the way that you've been made. But some of us, we don't even know what the thing is yet because we've been afraid to ever put that paint onto the canvas. And so I, I just want to pray together and um, invite you to, to, to take part in this with me. Let's pray. And I would just ask that you put your put your hands out put your arms out in front of you put your hands open palms up as just a, a gesture uh, to to say God we are releasing the things that don't belong in our hands over to you uh, if we're juggling anything that is taking up our energy it's taking up our our creative ideas it's taking up our our soul in some way hindering us in some way we just pray that we'd be able to release those things from our hands completely just give them to you and God with our our hands open we just pray that you'd fill them back up with something say come Holy Spirit release a creative gift to me release a creative gift to me Jesus increase my giftings Lord that I might be able to reach the people of this world in a unique way that you've made me to do it. God, that if we were funny, then we'd use being funny. God, if we know how to draw or paint or sketch or watercolor, that we would do it for your kingdom. God, that if we're able to have wisdom and we just seem to be that common sense person, that person who always has kind of the right answer for things, that we'd be able to use it for the kingdom, not just keep it to ourselves. And for the people in the room who've been afraid to put the brush to the canvas, just pray that you would give them the courage and the 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 knowing and the trust that they're allowed to mess up and they're allowed to be not perfect and they're allowed to try something. Just pray that you would make us open to whatever giftings you have. Put something in our hands. Release creative giftings, Lord Jesus. We want to be a special kind of church with a special kind of people who are operating in things that are beautiful to watch. Thank you for making every one of us a piece of work that we were planned out, that you have ideas in mind for us, that you have 
things written on our hearts. Let us step into them. Release creative giftings. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, God bless you guys. Um, Pray into that if you would. I would love to see, uh, I want to see activation. Activation is a word. God bless you guys. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.